Hello, and welcome to the Professor Podcast with Ruth and Claire. Each episode, we talk about a particular topic in the life of a professor. Ruth is a visiting professor at a large university in Ireland, and Claire is an associate professor at a primarily undergraduate university in Northern California. The purpose of our podcast is reflection, so we bring something we think is working and something we're working on to discuss. Welcome to the Professor Podcast with Ruth and Claire. I'm Claire. And I'm Ruth, and today we're talking about helping students to take ownership. But before we do that, Claire, how was your week? My week was good. I've been spending some time planning a family trip to Baja, California that I'm super excited about. We're going to... The main impetus of going is that it's on my bucket list to swim with whale sharks. And... Like, I didn't even know, I knew that, you know, you've seen, I've seen pictures of people swimming alongside whale sharks, but I didn't know there's like regular whale sharks that come to Baja and you can book a boat to go out and swim with them. And they, it seems like, as from what I can tell, they do a really good job of making sure there's not too many boats at a time. It's all regulated so that you don't overwhelm the whale sharks, which is great. And um, yeah, you just go out in a boat and jump in and look at the whale sharks and then... Um, I wish we were boat, doing a video so everyone could see you doing the... You <laughs> Miming the, the, the goggles. The, the goggles and... <laughs> yeah. um, that's so cool. So how many, like your your immediate family? Yeah, so 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 Ralph, my husband, and then my parents and my brother are oh, all going to go. Oh, lovely. Yeah. And so are I'm they all going to go swimming with you? Uh, yes, we're all going to go swimming with the whale sharks. Dude, I love when like, when you have like a nucleus for something... Uh huh. Do you know what I mean? And like, it just—it's weird because, like, even if it wasn't their dream, the fact that it's something that's really important to you and it's created this whole lovely trip and everyone's going to have a great time—it's just mm-hmm. super interesting. Like, I—I I, so I've talked on here about like I'm really obsessed with this place, Newgrange. Uh huh. And I just like love it so much, and it's the most amazing place in the whole world. And like, I was really like I've been desperate to go since we came back, but COVID and all the stuff. So we finally went, and the kids. Like, and it was a bit like I was making, like, a bunch of people right. do this thing. And then we uh-huh. just all had a great time. Because totally. I think having the nucleus where someone is like, oh, this is really important to me. Like, it somehow, I mean, first of all, makes you go and do the thing. Mm-hmm. And you're going to have a lovely family holiday. And, oh, I love this. This is great. Totally. Yeah, exactly. Like, I had never thought about La Paz, Mexico. But that's where you go for the whale sharks. So then I was like, well, what else can you do in La Paz? And I was like, oh, this looks like a really cool place, actually. I'm glad we're visiting. And, yeah, so it's great. Okay, awesome. I love that. Yeah. So I'll report back once we've once we've seen them. Yeah. What it's like. Uh, what about you? How was your week? My week? So I'm late to this party, but... Okay. Uh, have you seen Ted Lasso? Oh, gosh, that sounds so familiar, but I don't remember. Okay, so I feel like everyone was talking about Ted Lasso for a while. <laughs> and I think I'm more of a contrarian than I think I am. But as <laughs> You're soon like as not this, into like, it. Right, as soon as Too enough popular. people are saying something, I'm like, meh, no. Anyway, so I don't know what my issue was, but I finally watched it. It is the most glorious thing. Really? It's just it's so phenomenal and amazing. So I watched the first two seasons, and then I just went back and watched the entire two seasons again. Oh, because wow. It's so lovely, and it's just, it's amazing. So it's like an American coach, who's an American football coach, Mm-hmm. is brought to England to coach a soccer team. Oh, cool. And it's very funny, but like just unbelievably sweet. And there's just so many positive. So he's just basically a really nice mentor and coach. 
and really into building people up. And I think it's really, I want you to watch it so we could talk about it from a professional okay. point of view. But um, there's just lovely things. like, And it kind of made me realize one thing. There's two women in the show. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if this had been made like 15 years ago, those ladies would be enemies. But instead, they just mm-hmm. have a lovely friendship. And anyway, it's just phenomenal. It's absolutely phenomenal. How it's nice. so good. That sounds awesome. Is there stuff like between the American and the British kind of cultures and that kind of thing? Is that part of... A little bit, but it's kind of more like he's kind of, he's very folksy, Mm -hmm. you know, and he's very endearing and earnest. And so there is like, you know, the English football fans are not endearing or earnest or any of those (laughs) things. So there's definitely clashes, but it's Uh quite sweet and it's just very sweet. It's very All right, Ted Lasso. Yeah. I'll look it up. And I love the idea that we can look at that. I'm assuming because there's coaching, we'll look at it from a teaching totally. motivational perspective that's really cool and there's so many interesting things so I, i'm not spoiling anything for you but like because he's very like no it's all about just like making all of these players be really happy and and then at a certain point someone is like no they have to win too and that's actually mm-hmm. sort of interesting from a professoring point of view where that sometimes is. i want to just be like we're all just having a lovely time but then it's like okay but you have to give them a grade and they do need <laughs> to succeed at some point so you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that that yeah. kind of blew my mind. But I actually have a quote from it. Oh, great. So he has a lot of really random folksy quotes. But he said, um, as the man once said, the harder you work, the luckier you get. And this mm. really struck me because, like, I think I've mentioned on here, I've been applying for jobs. Mm-hmm. And... Like, I just so want to have the bolt of lightning happen where it's just uh-huh. like, and this is the first job you applied for and you got it and they doubled your salary or whatever. And <laughs> it's just, it's a numbers game, right? Like you have to, you know, and it was the same when I was applying for the job, the tenure track job, like I had to be super strategic about it. And you want to be like, no, but if I just wrote the perfect cover letter and apply to this one job, it's all going to work out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so I think this really kind of, impressed me and I think it's really true with students too but the harder like luck just isn't it's sure everyone can get lucky in certain situations but you really have to work hard to make that happen and you have to line yourself up for the luck to happen and you have to apply to 20 jobs or you're not going to get any lucky win you know what I mean (laughs) so yeah so I really like the lucky breaks come more often when you've done the hard work totally so the harder you work the luckier you get so I love it that's really great yeah, maybe we could even do. We should have an episode just about Ted Lasso. I swear you're gonna love it. It's amazing. Okay, I'll I'll definitely look it up. Okay, good, good. So today we are talking about helping students take ownership. Uh huh. And so, will I tell you a little bit about my thoughts about this? Yes. And you tell me. Okay. So I think for me, often I see this, particularly in students maybe transitioning from a situation where they were very much being told what to do, and there's a lot of external motivators for what they're doing. And really trying to get, like, you know, keeping your teacher happy or your mom not being mad about bad grades or whatever. And really trying to get students out of that kind of mindset into taking ownership mm-hmm. of their own education and really, like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Uh, empowering them to know that they're in control of learning what they want to learn, taking out of the class what they want to take out of it, getting the grade they want to get, whatever it might be empowering them to take ownership of their studies, of their um, of their work, of their education, and all of that, so, so that they, they know that they can do that. Totally. And then also sometimes taking ownership of not doing it. 
And sure, I've decided not to do it, and that's okay. Right. Instead of like, oh no no, it's just because blah blah blah. And it's like, sure, whatever. But like, just yeah, not kind totally. of totally. Always looking to kind of the hierarchical. Is that? I don't even know if I said that word right. Well, you know, the kind of authority figure at the front of the room, mm-hmm. and yeah. And so I'm kind of thinking as well a lot about the students who um, feel compelled to make a lot of excuses for why they haven't done something or why they weren't in class or whatever it might be. And um, and I um, maybe I should just say what I think is working. Yes, yes, please. But so when that happens, I I I kind of wonder. One thing that I find is helpful is to consider what's the source of this issue, and. Sometimes maybe they're just in the habit of making excuses and that's just what they do. And in that case, maybe it's don't don't take the excuses. You know, like I think we had an example one time about um, one of Ralph's professors who said, you know, Ralph was going and doing this research thing and the professor said, that's fine, but you're still going to get a zero on the homework that you're missing or whatever it is, you know? And so, and so that's, that's, that's that kind of thing of not taking excuses. But, but the two that I want to focus on, why might there be this desire to make a lot of excuses. And I think um, either they don't know how to do what the task is, so they don't feel like they can. So they're like, well, you didn't set me up to be able to do it. I, I don't have the, you know, they, they have to come up with some. So in that case, you need to like empower them somehow, tell them how to start, give them some starting ground, something like that. Um, I'm, this is a whole big preamble. I think the yeah. main potential issue is that they forgot why they're taking the class. They forgot what their motivation was. They forgot that they do want to know these things and build these skills. And now they're just thinking about checking the box of doing the assignment and getting the grade. And sure, at that point, it does make sense that you'd be like, well, um, can you just give me credit for it? Because I had this really good reason for not being there. And then I'll get the check mark because that's all I need. So in that case, I like to think about reminding the students why they're taking the class, why they're getting this degree, why they're, and and so, so I don't really know why they're doing it, but I can ask them, like, why are you taking this class? And they say, well, because it's required for the degree. And you say, well, why are you getting this degree? And hopefully get somewhere where they say, oh, you're right. Well, they don't have to say the words, you're right. But what I'm saying is, hopefully they get to the point where they remember why they decided to be a physics major or, yeah. Um, that maybe this will be useful at some point or that they actually would prefer to know how to do the stuff rather than just have a check mark. Um, anyway, this whole long thing to say, um, I've found it useful in the past to try to consider the potential sources of where all this desire to make excuses are and, um, and try to get them redirected towards doing what they actually want to do, which hopefully is learn the material, learn the skills, and be able to do what they came here to do. You're so good at boiling stuff down. This is like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, I haven't really thought about this. This is like, I mean, and it's so true. And then like, ultimately, would they really feel like it was a win if you were like, yeah, no, it's fine. Don't worry about it. You get an A, right. you don't ever, sure. you're not going to learn Full how points. to do a single thing. Good luck with your next right. class. Like, it's so, yeah. It's That's not a win. And I agree that they, they even though that's what, in this moment of weakness, they are probably thinking they want. Totally. I think it would be disappointing to get that. Yes, absolutely. And it is, it's so hard. And like, I do, like, I think it's interesting when you're saying, because I think there can be personal reasons why people do that. But there mm-hmm. is a bit of a sense, too, of like, whatever we're doing, 
with the education system that that's the message some people get is just mm. like oh like you know I've seen people I've had students tell me too like they play around with the grade book on canvas and put in different numbers to see different permutations and combinations of how they're going to get a certain grade and and it's very understandable but it's like this weird gamification of like mm-hmm. oh well if you did like all of this stuff rather than okay but I need to fundamentally like you know it was interesting when you talked about the specifications grading mm-hmm. and just the idea that there is a baseline of knowledge you need to have to get out of this class with a C or a pass. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they get that sometimes. Like sometimes it's mm-hmm. sort of, how am I going to trick this sister? You know, or like what way can I sure. do this and gather enough points? And But I do think somehow they are getting that message, not just right. from themselves necessarily. So, and I have literally no idea because it's so weird looking at my kids. They're the exact opposite of that right now. And your, then look at our daughters, yeah. Uh-huh. And then, but then when I meet people in university, you're like, what happened in between the period when you were 10 and just into stuff to this? You know what I mean? So it's interesting. Mm-hmm. So, But I do, I think, though, what I'm talking about today also is the specific people who kind of take it to the next level. Mm-hmm. So tell um, me about that. Yeah. What are you thinking? Yeah. So I think for me, the things that work, question mark, is <laughs> like it's it's great when you can get those people to just do something ah, and have okay. successes that. that they feel good about and then if they can kind of it's sort of going a little bit against what you just said so but kind of not but like just getting the satisfaction of doing the thing instead of the uh-huh. amount of effort you're spending not doing the thing and making excuses oh, yes. for it oh that's great like, I love that and sometimes I've had students who were like oh I, I didn't think that I thought that was going to take a lot longer than it mm-hmm. did and you're like sure and you like sent me six emails about this that like or you know we went all around the houses and you it was a lot easier to just do it so sometimes obviously I can't do this but you just almost want to force them to sit down and put the pen in their hand and be like just do the thing I promise it's easier mm-hmm. and sometimes even it's not even making excuses but students will go and watch like 15 YouTube videos about it and you're like right I swear if you just try it it's going to be better so I think Whatever way that happens, giving them opportunities to do something and then mm-hmm. feel the good feeling of, oh, I did I the thing that. and it was okay. So I think that... That's so great. That's yeah. really... I had not thought of that. I love that. That's really cool. Yeah. Which, which I don't... I'm not sure if I have advice totally about how to do that. Sometimes it's like when they come to office hours. Yeah. And just being like, well, let's do it right now. And they're like, mm-hmm. no, no, no. And you're like, no, let's just try it and we'll, you mm-hmm. know, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So then I think I put this in my working, but I don't really know if it belongs here. But consequences, <laughs> like having the consequence of like, yes. OK, so, yeah, you I'm very sorry that, you know, whatever happened to like the tire of your car, whatever. I think that's too bad. But, you know, yes, you're going to get a zero. So that mm-hmm. I think is really important. And it's just mm-hmm. I find it difficult, but I think it is really important. And it happens to all of us. Like there is just sometimes... I want yeah. to do the two things or this has happened and I'm really sick and it's super unfair that I have to go and drive my kids to school or go to like whatever it is. But sometimes it's just what has to happen. And Right. Either you're going to drive your kids to school even though you feel sick or you're not going to and they're going to stay home for the day. And either way, 
that's just what's going to happen. Right. And there's no um, point in trying to... Sometimes I, in my head, I wish there was like a fairness police where you could uh-huh. go and petition and be like, no, but I'm really <laughs> sick. So I really shouldn't <laughs> do... And if they're just... But they aren't, right? And they're just... Right. That's where we have to come in and smile and nod and say, oh, yeah. But yeah, no. This, you still exactly. have to do the thing. Exactly. And, and we've talked about that before. And I love that, that you can be sympathetic. Oh, I'm sorry that your tire blew up on your car on your way here. And... Also refer to the late policy that everyone knows that is clearly laid out in the syllabus that, no, we, you know, too bad. Right. And it's because, yeah, I just I think the other side of that is just anarchy. Right. And the other side of that is really teaching. Like if you go the other way, like it is just really bad reinforcement that like, yeah, if you can come up with a good enough excuse You know, and Mm -hmm. then there is, like, in the real world, obviously, if you have a terrible car accident, sure, like, you shouldn't go to work that day. That totally makes sense. But it's just, yeah, this kind of, like, like you said, the box checking. And then if you get a permission from the professor, then it doesn't matter that you missed all of that stuff. But it still does matter. Right, because it still does matter. You did miss it. You're going to have to learn that stuff somehow or you're going to not know it or whatever the consequences are. It's still true that you missed the thing. And and I I think I'd like to... Um, just rem- remember that we did when we all switched to virtual teaching you and I both adopted a really flexible late policy as I recall and that ended up really not helping students totally. and you know people would get behind and then you wouldn't know how far behind you were and then you wouldn't be doing the assignments at the right time and all of this so I'm just um, reminding myself and everybody that uh, that's why that's that's one of the reasons to have the rigid you know, there can be some flexibility, like you can have one special late assignment or whatever it is, but um, that's why I'm shying away from um, having a more flexible late policy. Okay, I'm going to say things, and it sounds really patronizing, but I don't quite mean it this way. But I'm kind of likening in this moment of professoring to parenting. Okay. In that, like, like, I can't just let my kids do whatever they want, right? And they're really great kids and everything, but I can't just be like, you make your own dinner and go to bed whenever you want, because <laughs> obviously that would be carnage, right? And But in some ways, like, when you're teaching, you're the adult in the room, and you really uh-huh. do have the expertise to look at this work and say, like, no, look, I really know you had to do homework one to be able to do homework two. Yes, or this exactly. is really, mm-hmm. And I think and that's something I find I feel uncomfortable with sometimes, being an authority, but... Like, we have to accept, right, that, like, when you're right. a novice learner, you're just, like, flailing around and have no idea what's relevant or what's important. And right. so maybe it does seem like, oh, can I just get an excuse for not doing this lab or this homework or whatever? And they don't recognize. So I think of that's another reason. Of course they don't know the broader implications. But, yeah. yeah, you're the expert in the class. You're the expert in the content. You're the expert in how to learn. All of those things. Yeah. Yeah. You, that makes sense. So I think just getting comfortable with that is something... I need to get better at and just like sometimes the consequences feel mean but Mm -hmm. like you said like we did have the experience of doing loosey-goosey and then Mm -hmm. you can see it's not about I mean obviously there's always the implication that if you're grading stuff way beyond the grading date it's more work for you but also like it's just bad also it's less good for the students yeah Yeah. totally I agree completely totally um so what are you working on so my working on is when there's just excuse after excuse after excuse and you just cannot <laughs> like get through the yeah. excuse shield and you just mm-hmm. like 
Because sometimes with students, I have conversations where I'm like, what's really going on? Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And then they're like, hey, this is what's going on. And sometimes it's like, I'm just I like that terrified. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't do this or whatever it is. And you can just get through it and move on. But sometimes when it's just like, no, but this, 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 or this isn't fair. And this, and like, it's just, and actually I kind of have a solution, but I haven't tried it yet. So, um, oh, cool. What is it? Well, a very sensible, um, accomplished friend of mine said that when this situation happens for students, they say, look, we're just not solving problems here. Like, and just using that phrase. And to me, that's really powerful, right? Instead of, because it's always this thing of like, well, if you give me permission to say that I can't do it and you go, no, we're going to have to solve this problem, mm-hmm. which is you have to do this assignment. So let's solve the problem instead of just listing reasons why you can't do it. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And so mm-hmm. I haven't mm-hmm. put that into practice yet, but I think I'm going to try that because I think sometimes I get stumped when people have very genuine life hardships going on and things right. happening. And and again, I sound like such a jerk, right? Because obviously the first time something happens, it's not a big deal and they get a pass. It's fine. But it's like when it's kind of habitual. Mm-hmm. But then just saying, like really framing it to them as like, how are we going to solve this problem? As in... The end point is you have to do this thing. So what are we going to do to make that happen? Mm -hmm. And try and get them into the mindset of solving the problem instead of listing all of the reasons why they shouldn't have to do it. Yes, I love that. Yeah. You're asking the right question. How are we going to make this happen? Right, right. And like, so if someone's like, well, I just don't, I don't have the technology to do this or I don't have like whatever, just like, okay, but what are we going to do to solve that instead of just saying that this isn't Mm -hmm. fair? Do you know what I mean? So I think, yeah. Yes, but I haven't done it yet. But that's what I want to do when you just have like... Yeah. Yeah. I love that. You're, you're redirecting the conversation. Like, yes, we've established that there are problems in the way of you doing this assignment. Now let's switch to how are we going to get you to be able to, to do this thing that you need to do to be able to learn the stuff that you're trying to learn in this class. And, let's, and then let's sometimes the that. solution to the problem, again, this makes me sound so harsh and I just want to say like it's it's for the extreme cases, but sometimes the solution is you're just not going to be able to do the class this semester. There's mm-hmm. too many things happening and that's the solution to the problem. But just mm-hmm. the kind of stuckness of like, oh, I'm going to come to you with another reason why I didn't get this thing done. You know what I mean? Like sometimes it sure. can be, okay, well then, you know, we just need to move on or you need to mm-hmm. apply for extenuating circumstances or whatever it is, but there just has to be some action taken, not yeah. just mm-hmm. excuse after excuse. So, but I haven't I also, it. I feel like what you're saying, the some action seems to me like it's forcing a change in trajectory. Like yes. the trajectory right now is not doing it and running into lots of problems. And so whether we start doing it, whether we come up with a different plan, whether we decide that you're going to do this assignment first instead of that assignment, whether we apply for extenuating circumstances, we're going to do something different than what we've been doing because what we've been doing is not working. Totally. That's cool. I think, you know, and I'm thinking now, like I've definitely had conversations with students in the past where I'm like, okay, so maybe this isn't the time for you to take this class. And sometimes the student is like, it totally isn't. And I'm so relieved that I can just... And other times they're like, wait, no, is that the other option? Because I do want to yes. take this class. And you're like, okay, then then we're taking That's the class. And this mm-hmm. is a thing. And it's hard because you don't want to pull that out of your pocket too soon and really discourage right. people. But then no. sometimes there is, like for me, it's like after the second midterm. Okay, mm-hmm. this isn't, you know, like, or whatever it is. But it is like... 
but that's your choice. Like you are making mm-hmm. a choice and not doing the stuff is a choice to fail. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. yeah. And it might be the right choice. There might be totally. too much going on in your life right now. And this is not the time to take the class. And you've actually been doing totally the correct thing by not doing this assignment or, or whatever it is. And so acknowledging that's the direction we're going to go can be really great. Totally. Mm-hmm. And like I recently had a thing where it was a, it was a different interview and they really wanted like quite in detailed, involved presentation. Mm-hmm. And I just was like not doing it and not doing it. And then I was like, I'm just not going to do this interview. Uh-huh. Like, it's fine. And then I canceled it. And who knows, maybe it was the secret magic job that, you know, whatever. Probably not. If right. you resisted it that much, you probably didn't actually want to do it. Totally. And I just should have made that decision earlier on. And I take an ownership of that. But sometimes mm-hmm. that's like the liberating thing is just, mm-hmm. oh, this isn't the time for this. Like I was sick a couple of weeks ago. You know what I mean? Like whatever. It just isn't. But I can't call them and say, oh, how I was really sick. So I can't. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like what? what's that going to do? So, yeah. Right. So what is so, What are you working yeah. on? Yeah. Well, it's it's a similar. It's a related thing. I'm working on it being OK to not reach everyone. Oh, so I guess what yeah. I'm saying, I want to simultaneously, I have two things that maybe seem a little conflicting, but I don't think they are. And I want to hold them both as simultaneous beliefs. I will try to engage all of my students, and it's perfectly okay that not all of my students will end up engaged with my class. And that has to be true. Both of those are true. It's kind of like um, in a previous episode with Rachel Austin, she said she sets up the class, everyone can get an A, and she knows they're all capable of getting an A. Now, that doesn't mean they're all gonna do it for a whole bunch of reasons. But those are both true. So I'm going to try to engage all my students. I'm going to make efforts to engage the ones who aren't engaged. But it's okay. That, not if, not all the students are going to end up engaged in my class. Maybe they'll be super engaged in some other class, and my class is just the secondary thing that they've got to do. If that's true, that's fine. I'm going to try to engage them. But... I might not be the, the, this might not be the content that they're going to be engaged with right now for whatever reason. And that has to be okay. That's so, so I powerful. Because I feel like it yeah. really gets you to, it's just not personal. And sometimes mm-hmm. it feels hella personal, but it's not actually, <laughs> do you know what I it's mean? Not. And sure. like you said, sometimes you just have like, it wasn't personal that I couldn't do that interview. Do you know what I mean? Right. And like, it's just, but that's so... Yes. And sometimes, too, like you kind of also you can't chase everyone down. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And you can't necessarily invest huge amount. And this was definitely a huge mistake I made in early days of teaching was investing massive amounts of energy in the one totally disengaged student. Mm-hmm. And the it was student just, who was investing very little energy. Totally. And I think you should reach out to that student Absolutely. and you should try to engage that student. But that student might not be interested in this material right now it might have the bandwidth for the material right now might not be interested in the content at all like it might not be possible to reach that student with this content right now and that's that's okay yeah that's i love that that should be one of the things that's on one of our t-shirts oh cool (laughs) well and it's interesting too because the thing that's really blown my mind is when this has happened for like students registering for research credit when we had that okay Because you're like, this is absolutely voluntary. Like, you really don't need to do that. And then if they're making excuses, you're like, what? Like, you just don't even need to take this 
you know, be part of right. this research group. So that's super interesting too, where, yeah. That's a really good point. Because with the research, it's like you joined my research group and the whole point was for you to get something enriching totally. experience and contribute something, hopefully, to the lab. And so if that's not happening, that's not happening. We don't get that bonus thing, but that's all it means. Yeah. And it's interesting because like, and the thing is, I can really relate. Like I've gone through certain phases um, I'm thinking particularly of when I started grad school of just always looking for excuses and even in my own head. But, you know, when you're like, oh, if the professor is like two minutes late, I can leave. Right. Like I can, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. And yeah, like, is that a thing? Like you're, you're like trying to figure out if legally that's that's true and you can stand behind it when like really the whole point was didn't you want to learn from this person <laughs> <laughs> totally and it's like well, and then what but like I'm like sweet then I got to leave and no one can be mad at me about it right and it's just yeah yeah and I definitely have had times like that too where I'm like oh, you know I want the fairness police to say that I don't have to do that assignment and it's fine and mm-hmm. so I can definitely empathize totally. but it's me so too, of frustrating sometimes when you have mm-hmm. yeah it's difficult yeah it's yeah, I totally agree. I mean, um, I'm sure we've all been there. And in helping students, it's trying to get them to have the mindset that's more more what's actually happening. What's actually happening is they signed up to take a class to learn some stuff from this person who knows a lot about that stuff. And so if that's what we're doing, it seems obvious that what we're doing is trying to learn from this person. But it's so easy to forget it and be like, gosh, why are they making me be here for this class? And, um, you know, whatever it is. This is so helpful. This is why I love this podcast. Um, Because, like, so when my girls were born, I remember being Uh like, well, I'm not going to be an authoritarian. I'm not going to yell. And obviously I failed at that. But anyway, (laughs) but you're like, sometimes when you kind of think about, like, I, when I started teaching, I'm like, I'm going to be so nice to students and really understanding. And that just doesn't always look like what you think it's going to look like at first. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So, like, accepting all of the excuses and letting students, like, and being just only empathetic without holding people to things I think there's somebody at our old university had a great phrase which is like being the warm demander mm-hmm. and I keep what forgetting it and then when I remember it I'm like yes that's exactly what I want to do right like we're trying to help these students learn these skills and learn this content and um that has to require us getting them to to work on it of course totally okay thank you that was super helpful thank you Ruth great topic choice Thanks so much for joining us on the Professor Podcast with Ruth and Claire. We're delighted to have you as a listener and we would love to hear from you. And if you want to email us, our address is contactprofessorpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear any of your suggestions for future shows or professor quotes that you might want to share with us, or even just things that have come up for you when you were listening to previous episodes. And if you've been enjoying the podcast, we would love if you would spread the word. So the best way to spread word is by telling people you know, if you think they should listen to it, or you can leave us a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks so much for joining us and we'll see you next time.